what does a pharmacist do? Well, most people might answer that a pharmacist dispenses the medications that my doctor prescribes. Now, I work with a ton of great pharmacists, and one thing that I don't generally see is excitement about pills in a vial. And this is probably because pharmacists have been trained to do so much more. So what can you get excited about in your community? To find out, let's go Beyond the Scripts. Everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Scripts. I'm your host, Will Tuft from Pioneer Rx, and today we have a special guest who has been making waves in Palm Harbor, uh, Florida. And uh, so, of course, I mean that as a terrible pun, uh, multiple ways there. Um, uh, definitely spend a lot of time on the water down there, but also you've been making waves in independent pharmacy for a long time from uh, back in the uh, purple shirt days when uh, when I first met you, when you had your short hair and uh, purple shirt. That's kind of my first Nicolette memory at uh, PDS show floor. Uh, and then now you have your own pharmacy and consulting uh various speaking engagements. You're keeping very busy these days. So uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us, making some time for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Will. So let's start off uh, talking a little bit about your pharmacy. So tell me a little bit about Palm Harbor Pharmacy um, and kind of how uh, how long you've been there and what makes your pharmacy different? Yeah. So I bought uh, Palm Harbor Pharmacy a little over seven years ago. And um, we're in a heat zone in Florida in the Tampa market. So I, I spent a few years when I, when I worked for my previous employer, PDS, um, as a consultant. And then I knew I always wanted a store because I wanted to be able to, to kind of test things out or to see firsthand how things were really happening in the industry. Um, so I, I had to look for a store for three years and do due diligence and all that. But I found mine in 2017 and uh, bought it and changed pretty much everything that we could while keeping the licenses intact. Okay. <laughs> it was a whole thing, but we changed the name. Um, we changed the location. We redid all the branding. Uh, when I first bought it, we didn't compound. We didn't do vaccines. We didn't do any marketing or sales. And so when, when you look back at it from that perspective, I think all of us can maybe appreciate how far we've come in our stores. Uh, yeah, we're hard on yeah. ourselves. We feel like we haven't done enough and there's still so much to do, but we've been busy. We've been adding initiatives all the time. Yeah. So that's interesting. A lot of times when uh, somebody buys a pharmacy, part of part of what you're buying is that spot in the community. And there's kind of like a hesitancy to change anything because you don't want to you know, uh, lose that goodwill in the community. You've already have somewhat of a foothold, but you went in <laughs> kind of the other side and said, okay, we're going to knock down walls from day one. Yeah. Our, our market's very different than, um, a lot of the clients that we consult with on the atrium side, because, um, yeah, a lot of our, our clients that we work with, it's legacy businesses and they, they do, they have a strong, hold in the community and they've been been providing services for multi-generations. Where I am, it's very saturated um, in the Tampa area. Like we're right near Clearwater Beach. So you could throw a stone and hit um, probably met pretty much all the chain pharmacies um, and even a few independents. So here, in order to stand out, you really have to, to focus on 
what are you good at or what is your carve out um in this type of market that's more saturated you don't try to be everything to everyone because you won't be able to to succeed is what we found yeah yeah it is always interesting you know um i was part of the installation team for years and and i went to a different pharmacy every week all over the country and uh you know it, it's really amazing how different each business and each community and and their focus and and kind of how they fit into that community uh varies so much by by the market yeah it's true uh but at the core of it we all have a business we all have that infrastructure so we have all the licensing in place we have the software we have the team and the workflow so i think it comes down to identifying what do you want to be good at and what do you want to be the best at how big is your radius and the the market that you're going to serve and then what's the plan to execute that uh because back in the day even i started working in in pharmacy at walgreens when i was 16 and then busy was good we i worked worked in a location where we filled over a thousand scripts a day and that's the location that i learned in so it was very chaotic um and then even working in um, hospital outpatient pharmacies and doing meds to beds and then even getting started in independent pharmacy back when i did um a little over a decade ago volume was good if you had volume you were okay things were yeah the positive but now these pharmacies are are running out of cash. They're having a cash flow crunch. There's um, double DIRs are coming. Uh, it's it's hard to make a living. I don't even want to say make money because I don't think any of us do what we do out of greed or out of trying to get rich. Um, if that was the case, maybe we'd be in doggy daycares. That seems to be a lot more fun. <laughs> maybe they could go with that. I don't know. But healthcare and and independent pharmacy, especially. You can't just be busy anymore because, yeah. yeah, I mean, you'll run out of cash with DIR fees, audits, recoups, um, even just the reimbursement model, um, brand name drugs anymore. I mean, we have to put out so much money just to make a dollar sixty-seven cents in two months if everything goes well. It's a, it's it's a challenging climate, probably the most challenging that I've ever seen it. Um, some are saying that it will swing back into our favor. Um, but I think in order to do that, we have to really focus on what do we want to run out of our businesses. And then we need to focus our efforts on that instead of kind of being busy, being busy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, script count used to be a measure of success for any pharmacy and, and that's not necessarily true, uh, right now, but I mean, Florida's had some recent legislation that should make things a, a bit better in, in the Florida market specifically, uh, hopefully. Yeah, we have. Um, I think it went into effect recently, um, but the state, the Office of Insurance Regulation, I think they hired more full-time employees that'll take effect in the new year. So it, they're saying that things will start to get better. But I mean, it's hard for some of these pharmacies when you have to pay your wholesaler bill now and you have to pay payroll now and your rent, those are usually your, your biggest expenses. And, you know, you have to, you have to not run out of cash. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, you jumped into a new pharmacy and said, all right, let's start knocking down walls. Let's change the logo. Let's, uh, did you immediately move into a new building or 
Uh, did you stay there for a little while? It seemed like you were there for a while. Yeah, we stayed there um, for a few years. The thing is, in, in a heat zone, if you want to assume all the NPI, DEA, pharmacy permit, all the licensing, you can't change much. So you're kind of just changing the managing member on a piece of paper. Sure. And so then if you are going to make changes, you kind of have to do it slowly so as not to trigger a full recredential. And so that's what we did. Um, I had the branding and the name and the logo well before I had the business. Yeah. Well, that's the fun part, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Because our logo is like a palm tree mortar and pestle with waves. It's like really fun. And we, we did a play on the typical healthcare blue and green. We did like a teal and a lime just to make it a little more coastal. Um, so that part's fun. The reg- regulatory part's not so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, as you did move in and, and start making changes, you know, what did you see at that pharmacy that seems like, okay, these are good bones. I can I can build on, on this foundation and, you know, here's where we're going to go a completely different direction. Um, well, and not just because I'm on on your podcast, but the the software that they used was pretty archaic. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah. So that was one of the first changes that we enacted was switching over to Pioneer in the early days. Um, and it, it's always a big adjustment. And the the team, you know, it's it changes sure. your every function and how you do anything in your day-to-day job. So it's 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 a big adjustment, but we were happy. Our conversion went well. I had done a conversion in a previous hospital pharmacy and it, everything got scrambled. So that was an issue, but our conversion was great. Um, so software made a big difference that we had the change. We did have a really strong technician who I tell her she came with the curtains when I bought the pharmacy. <laughs> and, uh, she's still with us and she's, she's wonderful. So she's kind of been the link to all of our patients who the pharmacy has served long before me. And um, so she's always the one to kind of update them tell them what boss lady's changing and what's happening and what I'm doing and reassuring them, them that everything's okay. She's kind of our constant. Yeah, that can that can really make a big difference just to have that consistent point of contact so that even if things are changing, you know, I, I have that touch point. I still have my person. You know, everybody wants to, I've got a guy for that. Everybody wants to have the person in their corner that they trust, so. Yeah, yeah, and all the licensing and everything was good and clean because I had to assume all the liability of that store by doing the stock purchase, but everything has been great with that. Um, It was just a matter of the pharmacy didn't have enough services. They just filled prescriptions, but they didn't have any clinical services. They didn't have any marketing. They didn't have a Facebook page even. And now we have, uh, we have over a, over 1100 five-star reviews online and we have, um, we have a really nice website and we have a lot of clinical services now. Yeah. So um, a lot of uh, podcasts talk about marketing. A lot of, um, you know, trade show events have a class on marketing and, and there's so much out there, um, you know, and so many pharmacies, you know, you go to their website and it's just kind of static or dated stock photos. Um your website's definitely super fresh. You have that great, uh, you know, fun color scheme that kind of creates a, a local identity. Uh, but I love that you really concentrate on the Google reviews. 
Um, because that's, it, it's almost like to me, if I see something advertised, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that in as here is an option, but I don't know if they're lying to me or not. It might be terrible. So like I always take any advertisement I see as information that something exists. And then I go look at the reviews to prove that it's worth, you know, that's the one I need to buy, or that's the the place I should go eat or whatever it is. And, you know, it could be Yelp. It could be, you know, Amazon reviews, but that first person review is what I look for. Yeah, I do the same thing. I'm always reading reviews. So I that's uh, that was a big push for me to try to figure that out. And um, we tried and failed a lot of times because when we started, you know, we had a couple reviews and we had an old website and everything. Everything was pretty dusty. Um, but we we got the new website. And, and I do think it is important to to plan and to take that time and energy to map out kind of your site map on your website. Because if it's just going to be there as a placeholder, you might as well just have a one-page site if it's not going to do anything for you anyway. There's yeah. no use spending a lot of time and money and energy. Uh, but anything that you're going to try to sell and market, you need to have a clear web page with a clear URL, um, easily navigatable for your patients if that's who you're marketing to. Let's say if it's to book vaccine appointments or to inquire about your low-dose naltrexone compounds or something like that. If it's something that you're going to market to patients and use social media, having information, educate them, invite them to come learn more on your web page, and then have some sort of call to action that your patients can do on their cell phone, because that's usually where you're going to meet them where they're at. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a lot of us just kind of get caught up in, oh, the website has to be perfect, and I have to spend a ton of money in SEO and blogs and geofencing, and I don't have time because I have just figure out what do you want to grow? You want to grow vaccines? Like right now we're slammed with COVID, the new COVID vaccines that just came out, uh, flu shots, of course, flu season just started and RSV, the new RSV vaccine. Yeah. So we're doing some posts on education. We're doing some like funny posts about Halloween and you don't want to be sick in bed. You know, what do you want to be for Halloween? Not sick in bed. Come get your shot. <laughs> um, so and then educational posts too. And, you know, you, you don't want to sell all the time on your social channels, but uh, just being informative and educating. I mean, sometimes I'll see social media where it's just a lot of stock stuff and it's like, oh, it's National Donut Day and it's National Emphysema Month. And it's but it's like, OK, but I can get that information anywhere. What does right what does Will's Pharmacy want to tell me? What what can I do? You know, how can Will's Pharmacy help me is what I want to know. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with National Donut Day, but if it's a picture of Nicolette and her whole crew with, you know, uh, nice donuts from the the cool place down the street celebrating, okay, now that's a now it's personal. Now that's something where, hey, I'm going to recognize that person. Yep. Yeah, I think so. So, I think the the failures that we had that we failed forward, that we learned from, that I think we've been most successful at is the online presence and reviews, and then also the physical sales and marketing, so sales reps. Um, and with the online reviews, we would just say, leave us a review. We would just post it on social media. Well, people aren't going to do that. So we right. finally found, yeah. So we finally found um, in our 
our booking software that we use, um, we can send an email and a text message to the patient an hour after their appointment. Um, so every vaccine, you have to make an appointment. And even if you walk in, we make you an appointment just so that you're in our system and you get the follow-ups. Uh, but then an hour after, it's just a very humble ask. You know, thank you for trusting Palm Harbor Pharmacy with your care. Um, it means a lot to a local business like us. Uh, if you have any concerns or feedback, please let us know. Um, it would be very helpful for us if you had a good experience to leave us a review. And then we have the link. And the link is a software that we use that um, if they leave a review, if it's a good one, if it's a bad one, it won't post it. But if it's a good one, <laughs> it won't be deleted. It just doesn't showcase it. But it'll automatically post that review on our website, on our Facebook, LinkedIn, and on Google My Business um, as kind of like a post or an advertisement. Because like you said, it's that it's that firsthand person that says, hey, I just went into Palmer Pharmacy and... They were wonderful. They gave me my vaccines and I was in and out or something like that. Yeah, I noticed when I went to your website, it, I, I saw a pop-up that said so-and-so just left a review and and you could see like a little preview of the review. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, and, it's, and, it, and I think it pushes my team to go that extra mile and be friendly and have that conversation with the patient because um, – they get charged up when patients leave reviews and say like, oh, Rebecca was so wonderful or she really went out of her way. Or, I mean, my team does that all the time, uh, but it's nice when they hear it yeah. and, and are, are given a shout out. And then it's kind of posted like, hey, attaboy, this person did a great job. Yeah. So the um, the Google review URL, is that a static URL that you can share? Yeah, we use um, this platform called Nice Job. And so we have a, uh, a link that's static that we can put in all of our social media, in our follow-ups, in our emails as, as a call to action. And that way, if the person clicks on it, um, they can validate themselves easily to an account they're already signed in, whether it's Facebook or Google, um, and then they just leave the review. So it's a really quick, easy interface for them on their phone. Nice. And they just get it on a text an hour after their appointment. They click on it. It's an easy pop-up. And so we've found really good results. I know pharmacies, um, our research has shown that you should have at least 40 four-star or higher reviews to be seen as as good or an authority or to help someone make a decision towards your business or your product. Yeah. But, I mean, COVID really helped us with all the vaccines and the tests that we were doing to get us up to over 1,100 reviews now in the past few years, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's interesting. If that's a static URL, you could use that in like a, a system text message in uh, Pioneer RX, for example, if you are using a software that can text, uh, you could actually trigger that from within the software and send because asking somebody to go leave a review is great, like in theory. But if somebody asks me to go do a software, re or, you know, uh, some kind of review online, I'm like, yeah, you know, even if I think that I might follow through with it, I'm probably not going to. There's too many clicks that are barrier. Every click is a barrier of entry. I got to go find the place again. And yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. So however you can kind of meet them where they're at and, and not bother them, but just make it easy for them if they do feel so inclined to leave a review. And we found that that hour after their appointment time is kind of the sweet spot 
So they're not having like vaccine side effects yet. Their arm's not sore yet. <laughs> so they're not mad yet. Um, so it's like, it's almost like that Disney methodology where Disney will ask you to leave a review in that like within the first few days after your vacation and not after you get the credit card bill or something. Yeah. So um, it, I always think it's interesting because you know, Yelp is super um, popular. I use it every time I, I travel pretty much. Um, it's easy to find a restaurant. Why do you think it is that, you know, a, a popular dish at a restaurant, a chicken fried steak is going to get so many more reviews than a life-changing, life-saving service like a great independent pharmacy? I find myself, because I've left like a handful of Yelp reviews, uh, for restaurants, but it's usually when I have really great service. Yeah. Um, because you can tell that if you have a great server and a great experience, they probably have a lot going on in their life, but they just, they're there for you. They're, you know, energetic or they care about their job or they want to, you know, you ask them for their recommendations and that it's just a nice experience. So I think that feeling is what prompts people to leave a review. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's usually the person. So imagine if your patients can have that feeling from your pharmacy with that interaction with the person. And so I'm a big data nerd and and systems and all that, but I love to create all those things so that my people have time to be people with the patients because I think that's what's impactful and that's what even drives uh, behaviors and changes in patients for their health. You know, if they need to eat healthier or if they need to watch their diabetes better or something like that, um, an app isn't going to really influence them to do that, but a person will. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's some psychology behind that of, you know, people who leave reviews that just kind of want to be perceived as an influencer, you know, and like what they've seen on social media. And so maybe food is just so much more accessible to be an influencer. I don't know, but it'd be great if we could kind of tap into that same value system, you know, being, be, be a healthcare influencer, you know, spread, spread the word on health, uh, just some, some kind of way to kind of tap into that, you know? Yeah. I definitely love the people element. And I know, um, for a pharmacy like mine, when you're so saturated, you have to go out and get business. So business isn't just going to come to you. And if it does, it's not the business you want. It's the low reimbursement drugs that that you have to be a factory and churn it out to actually make a profit. And then, you know, then are you having time to interact with your patients and it help them? So I think that's always at the forefront for independent pharmacies is, is what I'm doing, does it matter? Am I helping people? So I know when I first started, I hired a rep. The rep did, really didn't know what was expected of them. I'm like, well, I need you to go out and grow the business. Well, now I know many years later, like, what are we sure. trying to grow? And how do I set them up for success? And then um, so many pharmacies, they hire a rep, but they don't have a system or a plan or a structure as far as just what marketing materials is my rep going to have? What are they selling? Because if you get a big pharma rep, the the training in that, and the onboarding is rigorous. I mean, they even have to fly out to corporate, even if they're just learning one drug, you know, um, they're going to fly to corporate and like Eli Lilly, they'll have, they'll train them for a month on site at corporate and then they'll do ride-alongs and then they'll, and they have uh, all the data, they have a territory, they have a CRM, they have a computer, they have a company car. So it's interesting that pharmacies 
try to get out in their community that way and they try to sometimes hire a sales rep, sometimes do it themselves when they have time. Uh, but we we went down that road in the beginning and we we failed a lot. Sure. Uh, and wasted a lot of money and time. Um, but now um, I started working with with Jen, who works with me, Atrium 24, um, four years ago. She's been with me almost four years. And she's an Eli Lilly trained farmer rep. So it was just fascinating to me when she came on. She said, okay, where's my CRM? And who are my targets? And what are we what are we selling? And what materials do I have? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, it's pharmacy. We'll sell pharmacy. Um, but that's not how it works. So if they get, yeah. you know, if they get a lot of blood pressure pills coming in the door, are you going to be thrilled? No. Because you right. don't, it's just the economics of it. Or if they get a ton of GLPs coming in the door, because that's what everybody's asking about weight loss and all this off label use, are you going to be thrilled? I mean, probably not. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, great news. All the ADD medications are being transferred here. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So it's pharmacy is incredibly complicated. Like, oh, I want business. I don't want that business. It's like, well, what do you want? Well, I don't know. Is it a specific product? No. And even the yeah. doctors especially don't understand it. They're like, oh, you're a pharmacy. I just send all my patients, you know, I just ask them, where do you want me to send your script? And that's as involved as I get. So there's there's probably people listening right now who are like, oh, all right, well, I'm tapping out because I'm not going to go hire a marketer. I'm trying to keep a lean team. Like I'm I'm looking to you know maximize my my staff hours currently because you know uh, purse strings are are kind of tight, especially going into the uh, beginning of 2024. So. You know how how did you see that as a as a value add, um, you know, and not a cost center? I think that, and we've seen it many times. I can think of four or five examples this year alone, where pharmacies want to grow and they want to make an investment, and the first thing they do is hire a rep, um, and you're just going to waste money every time. So you have to plan, and you have to invest in that planning time, and either you have to do it as the owner or you have to have a key team member work on the plan. And what do we actually make money on? And what are we good at? Is it compounds? Um, is it supplements and nutrient depletion? Is it uh, vaccines and clinical services? Is it long-term care? What What is it? What do we want to grow? Um, so taking that time to plan is a lot of the missing piece that we see. And then from there, making it actionable. So. Uh, the best salesperson is typically going to be the pharmacy owner uh, because they know the most about the business. They have the most invested. They're the most passionate. Um, of course, not all pharmacists are salespeople. <laughs> We're actually you sure. know, pretty awkward at it. And um, we typically love to rabbit hole or we love to get just very technical and very in the weeds when in sales you're not doing that. You're working on building a relationship and you're working on asking questions. And I know for me, asking questions makes me kind of uncomfortable because I am I would rather be like working with an Excel spreadsheet than working with someone I don't know and asking them questions about themselves. Like, ooh, makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> but, but, but sometimes you can lean into that. You can lean into that awkwardness and you can lean into that data yes. nerd. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> 
own it and just be awkward. And that's okay because I think I think more and more like quirkiness is acceptable. And I think people would rather you just be your quirky self than to try to be this polished salesperson suave that that maybe you're not. Not you, yeah. well, you are. <laughs> of course. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly, as I forget the the name of the town that you're in. <laughs> but <laughs> but <clears throat> you know, it, it, it is weird that um I feel like growing up and in the nineties, like and and even in the early two thousands, it a, a company would try to posture to look like a big guy um, because that brought with it some sense of strength and stability. Uh, whereas now it it's kind of flipped and you see these huge companies trying to be quirky and local and personable. And, um, you know, to, to me, it's just like instant ick when, you know, because you can pick up on it. It's just, it's not authentic. Um, but they're trying to capitalize on on that value that they just can't get organically that comes naturally to independent pharmacies because they're just people in the community. And th what what's funny is the more authentic and personable um, you know those those figures are, I feel like you know there's so much more mileage in that than a than a really well put together uh, sales presentation sometimes. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's refreshing. We've found firsthand that for our local prescribers, it's refreshing when you can come into their office and say, hey, it's Nicolette. I'm the owner of Palm Harbor Pharmacy down the road. I'm a pharmacist as well. Um, we're pretty flexible. You know, we work with a lot of surgeons in the area. We create these surgical kits. So if you have any protocols, you know, that you write for every time for your surgeries, um, we can put it in a kit for you and we can put any instructions that you'd like in there. We can put any wound wraps or gauzes, pre-surgical, post-surgical. Um, I know sometimes patients have a hard time getting their pain medications with their surgeries. So, you know, as long as we're doing an all-encompassing kit and we have kind of an understanding with you, we can include those pain meds for your patients. Because otherwise they're running around maybe being treated like a drug seeker uh, because they don't usually get pain medications. Um, sure. You know, or a patient gets out of surgery and they're in pain and then they go send their husband to the store to get all the things that they need. And we all know how that goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're the worst. <laughs> but the, the doctors, they really perk up. They're like, oh, really? And especially if you can say like, yeah, we we work with a handful of surgeons in the area and we actually ship surgical, uh, surgical kits around the state. It's kind of our thing. So um, we've gotten pretty good at it. Do you usually write for the same thing every surgery? You know, what do you write for? Well, where do you currently? And then you can get into the questions. But if you if you go from from a place of just curiosity and like, hey, we can customize to whatever you need. Are your patients having trouble? Because uh, we think we might have come up with a solution for that. And a lot of our other prescribers who are using it, they love it. Um, so we have at Atria, we've really built it out uh, with Jen and all her pharma background, and then me being a data nerd. We built a whole technology that's a whole sales and marketing system. Uh, we do utilize, utilize Pioneer in our system too, um, just to really involve the whole team in the pharmacy. Like, what are we working on? We're working on surgical kits. Okay. 
Let's identify all the surgeons, who already sends us business, who's in our town. Let's put our materials together. Let's put our message. But that way you're going out and you're growing something that you actually want to grow. And it's it's fun too. Yeah. Yeah. So earlier when you started mentioning those kind of areas of focus, each one that you you said, I, I instantly had a, another person pop into my head, you know, uh, because, oh, yeah. Well, immunizations, I would go to Mark Ost, right? Like that's that's the guy, um, you know, so it's funny how um, pharmacies have been able to find those areas that interest them and just really do well in those areas. Um, but it, it sounds like you really go to the uh, the doctor and look for look for solutions that you can provide rather than offer goods that you can sell like right off the bat. Yeah, and it's really interesting that I've learned from Jen as well, not only in how to set up a sales rep or a sales and marketing. I mean, even if like we know 80% of a sales rep's time should be in offices, 10% should be planning, 5% should be entering call notes in the CRM, things like that. Uh, a full-time sales rep should be visiting six to 10 offices per day. And that's offices, not providers, because they might hit one office with 10 providers in it and then go to the beach for the rest of the day. Like... <laughs> So, but even if you know the metrics for what a full-time sales rep should be doing in an independent pharmacy, you can absolutely scale that back to, well, what should I be doing? What metrics should I have if I'm going to put myself in charge as the pharmacy owner for the sales arm? If I can only do it one day a week, or if I can only commit to one afternoon a week, um, then you just scale that back. Well, instead of 200 healthcare professionals, HCPs, on my routing list and on my CRM, I should have 10. Uh, but I have those 10 doctors who are my targets. I have surgical kits or compounds or something in mind. Maybe you're doing a compounded weight loss program or even compounding for veterinarians. So have 10 of those prescribers on your, your hot list, we call it, high opportunity targets. So have your hot list. The whole team knows who's on the hot list. That way, if that office calls or if they send in the e-scribe, the team knows. And they're like, hey, Nicolette, you did that lunch at that veterinary clinic last week. They just sent in a script. You're like, oh, that's awesome. And you can run reports and tag yourself as the marketer in that vet's profile in Pioneer and, and, and auto run reports and things like that. But just like the team likes it when they get a good review, they like it when they all feel like they're working on that initiative with you and it works. So if... You're an independent pharmacy. Maybe you're not in a giant market like that where, you know, if you're visiting seven or eight offices a day, um, you know, there, maybe there's just not that many offices or, or maybe you think I'm not ready to take that much on anyways. You know, like what is uh, what do you think would be step one for a pharmacy who's not really engaged the, the physicians in their area? So I would identify who your top 10 prescribers are. Um, both by volume, but mainly by gross profit. Mm. Who's already sending you business? Because number one, they're already familiar with your pharmacy. They already know how to send you business and they're comfortable with it, whether they give patients handwritten scripts, they e-scribe, they fax in, they call in, they already know your, your system. Um, and they're also going to be a little more forgiving if you come in and visit them and start asking them some questions. And if you're a little awkward or just 
it's uncomfortable if you walk into a doctor's office to to sell, quote unquote, and you're not a salesperson. It's not something you normally do. You'll be uncomfortable. Like we yeah. feel comfortable behind the bench in our own place, you know, where we're in charge of the workflow and everything. But if you go into a doctor's office, so they'll be more forgiving of you if you come in. But let's say you have, um, so in rural, our rural these they have, they don't have as many specialists. They laugh when I tell them that we market to cosmetic surgeons. Um, sure. No, oh, okay, that's nice. But um, they don't even have podiatrists or ENTs sometimes. Those are like an hour or two away. But they'll have um, PCPs and they'll have primary care. Well, really, the primary care is your specialist in a town like that. They see all the foot issues. They see all the sinus issues. So understanding what are they seeing like, hey, what are do you have like patients that are the most challenging for you in your practice? Um, really interestingly, if you compound, we'll find if you go visit your your top ten prescribers who already know your business, and if you go visit them and thank them for their business, like, hey, it's Nicolette. I just I finally got out from behind the counter. I wanted to pop in and just meet you guys face to face. Here's my card. It has my cell phone number on it. You can text me if you know because you want to have that relationship. Sure. Um, or if you text the pharmacy number, it actually pops up on all the workstations for everybody who's working. So we'll get back to you immediately because a lot of times our offices like to text us. Um, but just going in and saying, hey, it's Nicolette. We really appreciate you guys sending us the business that you do. Um, you know, you're one of the top offices that we work with. And it means a lot to us that you yeah. that trust in us and that you choose us over the big guys um, because no one's told them that. Yeah. And it's such a warm touch point. You know, I was just thinking a, a pharmacy that's maybe not done that before, you know, could find that that initial urge to say, hey, you know, maybe maybe somebody from the counter go stop by and, and you know, drop off a basket or something or say thank you or but but I, I think that that owner going in, especially in those first uh conversations or the pharmacist in charge, whoever that face in the pharmacy is. And, uh, and actually, you know, making that, that handshake and, and yeah, here's my cell phone number and just bringing it down a, a level to, you know, outside of just the, the realm of professionalism and Hey, we're people and we see you as people and we appreciate you. I think that goes a long way because then they associate you as a person. Cause I think that's who we leave reviews for is, people and that's who makes us feel things um yeah. even the most data-driven nerd like me <laughs> i like people sometimes so if you go in and communicate with them and then you can say you can ask them some questions you could say like hey i noticed you guys send us a lot of uh this kind of compound or, or this kind of prescription do you send any compounds anywhere else is there anything maybe that we're missing uh are, you know are you do you use any other pharmacies are you happy with it um, so many times when we do that, we hear like, oh, yeah, well, we'll even visit dentist office here and they do some compounds for us. And then they'll say, oh, yeah, well, we send this dry socket compound off to Massachusetts and then we send this. Uh, we had a weight loss clinic. Oh, we send all of our BHRT compounds to Utah. And we're in Florida. We're like, did you know that we do that? Like we we make those all the time for other offices. They're like, oh, I didn't even it's just the way we've always been doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it's not broke, you know, if if we've always done it one way, uh, nobody's just 
going to come in and change the way we've always done it unless there's a good reason. Right. Because if you think about it, the office, they might love Palm Harbor Pharmacy and they might love if it's a veterinary office. Oh, yeah, they make all of our methimazole twist pens for our cats. They're great. But they might not think, oh, Palm Harbor Pharmacy also might make the seizure medications for our dogs. Like they don't they don't know unless you tell them. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting, too, is even in a small market, you're going to have, you know, a a family practice. You're going to have a dentist. And, you know, I I, I think dentists especially are are a great opportunity to catch some of those patients who are just maybe not on chronic care medications. So, you know, they don't get prescriptions all the time when they do need something. They just what's the first pharmacy you see, you know. Um, So, yeah, that's a great touch point. Yeah. So it's 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 getting out there. So to get started, I would say planning is the most important thing. Um, and then from there, not letting perfect get in the way of good enough. And even just choosing one office, three offices and going out. Um, if you are going to go out, I would use a CRM or, or use some place to put your notes. So the CRM is a customer relationship management tool. And so I would just put your doctors in it, put your notes. Um, Like I said, we've made a whole system. So we have a CRM uh, called Dottie that we built because we needed it in my own pharmacy. And it actually automatically loads all of our prescribers in there who already send us business. And it stratifies them. It tells us who to go market to with what marketing materials. It automatically brands it for our pharmacies. Um, And then you can put your notes in there. Because the next thing that I would harp on these pharmacies to do once they actually got out from behind the bench and visited these offices who they already work with. The next thing is follow-up yeah. and frequency and being consistent. And it's hard because everything's on fire in the pharmacy <laughs> uh, all the time. It's just one dumpster fire after another sometimes because it's retail. So it's like now, 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 but it's also healthcare. Yeah, there's always something urgent that overrides the important, so. Always. But, you know, even just carving out, maybe I have some owners who go before they open and they'll go bring um, like a breakfast pastry to an office or they'll bring some coffee, like a box of coffee to an office. Um, But if you look at your numbers and and if that office is providing significant gross profit for you each month, Sometimes just carving out that space to connect with them on a personal level and see like, hey, are your patients struggling with anything or are you like, what's taking up your guys' time? And we all know if you're drowning in refills, paperwork and all this, well, what about our sync program? Or if your patients are, they just need more, like these chain pharmacies are having walkouts. It's, It's dangerous. I mean, we're doing a ton of vaccines and these poor chain pharmacies having to do all that on top of everything else with not enough staffing, it's dangerous. Yeah. So I wouldn't go throw people under the bus, but I would just emphasize what you do well. Yeah. And I think if you frame it as, oh, I need to start marketing. So I'm going to have to, you know, immediately get a CRM and, and hire a, a a person and, you know, do, do all of these big things. It can be very overwhelming when you start with one and it's like, oh, wait, this is what I... I like about doing business. This is why I started a pharmacy is those, you know, to have those personal connections and and to just touch base. And when you kind of break it down and start with one and you're like, oh, wait, this isn't scary. This is 
most of what most pharmacists and independent pharmacy owners uh, enjoy about that part of the business that they don't get to do enough of. Um, and eventually that scales to where, oh man, I, I need to keep up with all of this at a CRM. But um, I, I feel like there's some reframing that can be done to look at it as, you know, th this is this is the part you enjoy. Don't forget that. <laughs> I think that's valid because a lot of times pharmacists and pharmacy owners especially are like, yeah, if you give a mouse a cookie, so it's like, well, I could go do this, but then I'm going to want to do this. Then I'm going to have to do this. But then I have questions about these 12 other things. But then it's like, no, 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 no. Stop thinking and do. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm I'm guilty of it myself. Um, and we have probably six or 700 iterations deep of, of how complicated. I mean, we help pharmacies. I can think of one client specifically. They have 20-something uh, pharmacies. They're always adding more. And they have a... A, a whole fleet of sales reps. So when you get to that, it's it gets pretty complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely see hurdles at every step if you're not going at it intentionally because, you know, initially it's like, oh, we're just doing things the way we've always done it. And now I have to go and do something different and change is always hard. And then it's like, oh, wait, I enjoy talking with that prescriber and building that relationship and Turns out we actually made life easier on our workflow by, you know, introducing sync to their patients, whatever it is. And so you can kind of see those, like each step is, you know, a hesitation, success, and then the challenges that come with that. So, you know, how do you, how do you keep scaling and moving forward and keeping up with all of that? Because, you know, now I've talked to every doctor in town and they're all really happy with me and now what, you know, and how do I keep that moving? Yeah. And I mean, sometimes if, if you wanted to get real crazy with it, especially compounds or things that you're not billing to PBMs, you can fax blast. You can drastically increase your radius and you can ship. So we ship surgical kits that we do self-pay and our margins between 20 and $40 each kit. But when we have offices around the state who are sending us their set of patients every week, like that, I like that. I like that model. It's fun. Yeah. So you can get creative, like you're a business person. You have all the infrastructure there. You have all the licensing. You have the expertise. So you can get creative with it if you do need to expand your radius. Um, but even in the beginning, it, when the owner is just going out and talking to your top prescribers, you're going to capture more of their business. Um, and you're going to, because all of us want to grow. We all go to these trade shows and we drink all the Kool-Aid. And we see everybody in the exhibit floor and we come back and we have all like a whole bag full of our trick-or-treat goodies that we picked up from all the booths and everything. And we go back to the pharmacy and the team is like, oh, great. Here they come back for another conference. Because we're like, oh, yeah. well, this really cool thing and this really cool thing. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay, we're busy, whatever. Um, but when you do that, it's it's valid and it's exciting and, and it's, it's nice to be that expert in pharmacy care so because you need that in your back pocket but and but really but the way to grow your business in your market with your patients your payers and your passions is to talk to people who are in your market and ask them what they want and then you can yeah. say oh actually yeah you're interested in that i saw something about that at a conference you know there is a new thing let me check on that for you because that's something we could do is that something that you because your prescribers are your referral sources. 
If you just say like, oh, there's this, I don't know, random clinical test that I saw at a conference that's awesome and I'm passionate about it and I want to learn about it, train someone on my team, implement it and all this. But what if nobody in your market's interested in it? And who's going to refer those people to you? Right. Yeah. And do you have a a really personal, passionate connection to that that service or product or, you know, whatever it is? Yeah. So it's much easier if you kind of go about it by asking what's going on in your community and you're asking your potential referral sources who are your providers because they're seeing patients all day long and you're finding out like, what are your challenges? Um, and then, well, can I help with any of those? Is there anything that you're not providing in your office that you're kind of sending your patients to look on Amazon or shop online or because we could do that at the pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, and, and that could be so many different specialty areas that uh, just bringing in some, you know, uh, basic, uh, I, I think it was actually a conversation with you years ago um, where uh, you, you shared a, like a wound care area that, that you had uh, brought, or maybe it was braces, some, something very specific, some product line from, um, you know, podiatrist or some specialty where they were sending people to Amazon or, you know, multiple places in town. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely, we picked up on that niche. Um, I've worked in this same town since I was 16. It's been a long time. I will tell you exactly how long. Um, but we had a medical supply store, Howard. Howard owned the medical supply store right across from the Walgreens that I worked at forever. So we would always just, if Walgreens didn't have it, we'd send them to Howard. Always. Well, uh, when I moved my pharmacy, so maybe like three years ago, Howard retired. So it was kind of a a good timing for us because we moved from 1800 square feet to 3000 square feet and how hiring. So we brought in a lot of like DME rentals and cash DME, just cash and carry a lot of wound care. Uh, we do ostomy supplies. We do just, and I didn't set out to wake up one day and say, you know what? I want to sell ostomy supplies. It happened because of those uh, interactions we were having with local prescribers. And local pharmacies, too. I told you we have a lot of chains, so I know the chain pharmacists in town. Um, so I'll talk to them and be like, hey, like, what are your patients looking for that, that your chain pharmacy doesn't have? And now that you can't send them to Howard, <laughs> like, you want to send them to me? <laughs> what, are, what are they looking for? What do you need? So sure. it's just kind of knowing what's going on in your community. And um, even my mom recently broke her ankle, which none of us have ever broken a bone, so that's a whole thing going to the orthopedic all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I know. But she's, she's had to have surgery on it. She's doing really well. Um, but you have this orthopedic surgery place with tons of prescribers. It's hopping. It's a big operation and they don't rent or refer anything for knee scooters, crutches, transport chairs. Um, they don't provide any of that. So, and of course they told my mom to take vitamin D like, well, that's it. Like, we know a lot about vitamin D and we have the best, you know, good, better, best, but we have some of the best vitamin D supplements and even like bone health supplements, healing. Um, so just even talking with those prescribers in those offices. So when I take my mom to her appointments, of course, I'll wear my scrubs that are embroidered with the pharmacy information. And I'll be like, oh, hey, like you like her knee scooter when we rented it to her. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, nice. just get it in where you can. But sure. But it's interesting to find, you know, like some podiatrists, they'll sell the the shoes, the diabetic shoes, but a lot won't. Um, some derm offices and cosmetic offices will sell scar cream, but a lot won't. 
So just finding out, like, what are you guys selling? I don't want to step on your toes, but can we fill the gaps so we're not sending these patients online? Yeah. Do you find that they're selling those out of necessity or out of trying to grow their, you know, their their income? Yeah, I just think they're trying to grow their income yeah. and they have just a lot of patient requests because healthcare is tough. I mean, yeah. it's tough. So if, if they can sell something that their patients need, but you, you kind of like to be for what you do, you kind of want to be one stop shop, but you want to be strategic about it. Yeah. So you've talked about a lot of marketing and, and, and building relationships and kind of driving traffic into the store. You know, how are you able to measure those uh, those efforts and, and make sure that you've been, you know, going down successful roads? Yeah. And I've, I've learned a lot there too, because <laughs> I would just post something or have some great thing or launch this program. And then my team, they would like message me like, what did you do? <laughs> you know, we're getting calls and we're getting things. We have no, what did you do? Did you post something today? And I'm like, it's working. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, come on, Nicola. What did come on? And so I'm like, okay, all right. So there's a team, team training element uh, that's involved in it now. And, um, it's being intentional and intentional about it. So we tend to break things out in, in quarters and in like 90 day increments. So I've learned in software development because we've been just in a, in a deep, deep, deep rabbit hole building this software out for the past two years. Number one, anything's possible. You could build anything you want. Uh, number two, it's going to take time. And we don't really know how much time because everything depends on everything else. So you have to be strategic in, yes, you can do that. Okay, you want to bring in PGX testing into your pharmacy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you can do that. Put it in the timeline. Put it in your development pipeline. Like, are you going to do it this quarter? Or, I mean, because think about it. You have to vet out different companies. You have to, like, negotiate your pricing and your terms with them. You have to figure out the workflow. You have to train your team. You have to develop a sales and marketing plan for it. Because if you just buy something at a show and put it on the shelf, it's it's not going to sell. Um, right. So do you have the bandwidth to do that this quarter? And the answer is usually no. Um, so do you have the bandwidth to do it next quarter? Well, what do you already have slated for next quarter? Are you all? Do you already have four initiatives that you're working on next quarter? Are you really going to be successful if you put a whole new initiative in next quarter? No. So where do you want to put it on your timeline? And I think that helps our 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 racing minds as independent pharmacy owners because we could do anything. And we go to this trade show floor and it's massive and wow, we could do all these things. But yes, I want to do that. No, I don't want to do it right now. So just put a pin in it and put it, even Jen tells me to put it in the parking lot or like a dog. She <laughs> <tells> me. <laughs> She's like, leave it, leave it. And I'm like, <laughs> really want it though. So like leave it because we got all this to do. So building out, we like to build out 90 day projects for my team. If it's a big project, everybody's on the same project, but I yeah. might have my compounder for this next 90 days is working on updating our formulas because now that I have other technicians, pharmacists going in to make those formulas, she knows how to make it, but they're not detailed enough for all of us to make it. So that might be her project and someone else's project might be social media. Someone else's project might be, um, vaccines and checking and seeing who needs their shingles shots and who needs their pneumonia shots and things like that, having those conversations. Um, so you can have kind of operations type 
90 day projects. Uh, and then you should have growth and sales, 90 day projects, like things that are going to bring in money or save money. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that, um, independent pharmacies, especially where, you know, the, the owner, um, is sometimes working the bench, but you know, they're, um, more involved with working in the business. Uh, do you, do you think that maybe that kind of forward looking strategic planning is, uh, sometimes neglected or, or just, you know, left put off till tomorrow. I'm going to, I really need to sit down and get a plan for that and, and I'll do it tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And time blocking and time management is really challenging in this role. Um, and it, it comes down to money too. If you're the pharmacist, it makes a lot of sense for you to work the bench because that's an expensive role. Um, but how much lost opportunity cost do you have in tying yourself down to the bench full time because you're not able to grow and to strategize? So uh, a lot of owners have had success in getting someone else to come in one day a week or two days a week and just really making yourself unavailable <laughs> during yeah. those times. Um, I was just reading the book uh, Traction and they said, you know, like uh, I'm going to paraphrase, but they said something like you can have the best crew on the ground clearing the jungle and and paving the path. And they're the best at what they do. They're the fastest, the most efficient. Uh, but if the leader is not climbing the tree every now and then to see what the path should be or what obstacles we're about to face, they could be going in zigzags. They could be going like right off a cliff. It doesn't yeah. matter. So somebody has to be climbing the tree. Yeah, that, that's funny because in the, uh, the Catalyst episode you were in, Jeff and Marsha gave you such a hard time for not being a, a professional uh, development book reader. <laughs> I know. I have time to read books. <laughs> but, and when I do read books, I, I, I talked to Jeff and Marsha offline at, at dinner uh, after that, and I told them that I kind of read romance novels, okay? And I'm not about to tell them <laughs> So then they really gave me a hard time. But when I read, I like to do it as as hobby to like turn my brain off. Yeah. Um, but I've actually um I, I do I do read the books and the words and I do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But um I've found I'm not big into audiobooks. I just yeah. never have been. Even if if I'm gonna like digest content, I don't really wanna watch a video, I wanna read it. Yeah, because you can you can pause and 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 chew on a sentence, you know, think of, think about the idea a little bit more. They 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 never seem to get the emphasis and 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 pauses where I need them in an audiobook. Yeah, it's weird, but I'm trying. So what I've tried to so I've I've historically been sitting at a desk and just working. So not only is my step count dismal, um, <laughs> but I'm not I'm not finding the time to read these these business books that I'm interested in. So I've started trying um, at least one day a week. It's a work in progress, but um, walking on the causeway where we live, it's really beautiful. It's like right down the street from my house and it's really private. It's it's called Honeymoon Island. Um, so there's a whole causeway. So I've been trying to walk. You can walk like three miles in an hour. So I've been trying to walk and listen to an audiobook, And I'm like, look at me checking off all these boxes at the same time. <laughs> Here at the pharmacy, everything's like trains off the tracks. And I'm like, have a nice little walk. 
Yeah. Well, you know, you, you got to step away sometimes. And like for whatever reason, I have the best ideas when I can turn my brain off for a second and, and just like, you know, restart the machine. So I'll, doing something mindless like walking and, and, and thinking about so, yeah, mowing the lawn, <laughs> those are uh, sometimes the best aha moments when, when you just let the machine cool down. It's true. Yeah, I think that the team gets mad. They don't ever let me go to the bathroom because when I come back, I'm like, I have a really good idea. <laughs> They're like, no, Nicolette, no thinking on the toilet. I'm like, hey, you know, a minute. And I was like, I got it. So that's about that's about the extent of my leisure. It's, uh, <laughs> even though at home, my kids still bother me if I try to like hide from them at all, uh, which I love. Um, but it's, it's definitely, and Jeff was talking about this too, that um, sometimes... The person who steers the ship, the person who navigates the way, like if, if you're that person, um, there is value and it's not necessarily tangible. You can't like put a KPI to it and put a time frame to it, but there is value in that person having hobbies or having oh, yeah. time because you, you have to kind of turn off that fight or flight and all those fires that you're putting out to really be able to solve through a complicated problem. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is, you know, most of the pharmacy leaders or the, uh, you know, successful software developers that people have that passion that extends to other areas of their life. There's generally, uh, you know, something really uh, cool going on at home that, that kind of drives that that exact same um you know, driving determination and 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 fascination uh, and a, a excitement into you know a different channel at home and 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 I think just being able to switch is good if uh, if nothing else. <laughs> you're you're pretty good at that. I see you have a lot of hobbies. Like, you, didn't you convert a bus and you have gardens and you do all these things with all your? I yeah I I I I have a, a tendency to uh, jump head first into a. A project for a couple of years and then, you know, move on, whether it's, you know, restoring an old house or I, I, I was a farmer for a couple of years there. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's uh, it's good to stay busy, you know, and, and, and find something that that keeps you uh, passionate and excited. And, you know, uh, when you wake up in the morning, you know, looking forward to doing something fun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is, but maybe one day. <laughs> well, I see, uh, I see your uh, uh, Facebook feed where you're out on the ocean and and you know out on the the trade shows. I think you're definitely uh, getting those those dopamine experiences. So, yeah, we we take it for granted. We live right here on the water, and my husband's a charter captain, so he takes people out just for inshore fishing all the time. So a lot of times, yeah, on the weekends if he has a trip we'll all just meet him at the marina and jump on the boat. And um, it, it is nice. It's, I mean, it never gets old. Yeah, I was uh, I was looking at the map. I was like, how far is the NCPA show going to be from Nicolette's husband's boat? <laughs> I know. And he loves it. I give him a hard time. I'm like, oh, it must be nice fishing all day. But that's a job. That's a tough yeah. job. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, you know, any, anything, uh, 
And it, what, what, once you turn it into a business, you know, it's a, it's a grind. Yeah. And then, I mean, we're dependent on PBMs and things like that. He's at the mercy of the weather and the moons and the spawning cycle and the tides and whatever personality type he gets on his boat that he has to charter for the day. <laughs> <laughs> that that could be a rough combination, uh, which, which you could relate to in pharmacy, I'm sure, to some degree on that one. <laughs> So um, real quick, too, uh, I guess this will be running after NCPA. Uh, so really looking forward to seeing uh, one of your other initiatives, the uh, kind of education initiative. You have kind of a rock star group uh, going down to the NCPA show uh, to do the Pharmacy Inside Out. Tell me a little bit about that just while before I let you go here. Yeah, it's it's I think it's going to be really good. Uh, we have a diverse mix um, in in this pharmacy inside out with with six of us pharmacy owners, um, and we all have our strengths and our interests. And so we we've decided to come together and put on a, a pre con event right before NCPA, um, because a lot of pharmacies are going through it right now, and they really have to set themselves up for this double DIR day coming soon. So to that effect, we have uh, Ben Jolly and Joe Williams. And they're talking about how to get your house in order and how to just really understand um, all the boring stuff, I say. And then we <laughs> with love. And then we have uh, myself and Jen Palazzolo. We get to talk about some fun stuff, um, non-PBM revenue, sales and marketing, um, and just growing what you want to grow in your business. Um, and then we have Travis Wolf and Amina Abubakar talking about, um, you know, Travis is great at, at your team and at getting all that on board. And Amina's great at provider collaboration from a clinical perspective. And so we're kind of wrapping all that into a to a one-day event. Um, but we meet every week. And uh, we're actually meeting today, this afternoon. And we kind of talk about, you know, Joe just bought another store. Uh, so we talk about what are you doing and what are you cleaning up and what are your challenges? So those, those weekly calls where we build content, they're enlightening and so we're excited to to share it with everybody yeah what an all-star crew yeah and we've all known each other for a really long time so it's been fun nice so uh this summer and uh may 16th through 19th in nashville tennessee hopefully we're gonna have you guys join us uh for a pioneer specific kind of uh iteration of that pharmacy inside out so super excited about that yeah, yeah, because the one of the common threads is we all use Pioneer RX. And that wasn't uh intentional. It's just the six of us came together um and we had talked about uh how could we help more pharmacies together with our initiatives together and how could we kind of touch on a lot of different points in a pharmacy owner's business. Um and so it just so happens we all use Pioneer RX. So Take, take with that what you will, but um, it enables us to do a lot of things in our pharmacies that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Nice. Nice. That's fantastic to hear. And I know uh, everybody that comes to Catalyst Connect has always uh, enjoyed kind of learning from their peers. And, and there's definitely some power users out there who, I mean, everybody in that group is speaking on, you know, various topics of their expertise at other shows across the country. So it's going to be really fun when you can actually, you know, tie Pioneer into that specifically and talk about the tools you're using. So I'm really excited about that part of the show. 
Yeah, I think so too. Because the more you can show people exactly what you do in your store, uh, it's just that much more actionable for someone to go back home and implement it. Uh, because a lot of the things, sometimes I get a little frustrated sometimes when it's when it's kind of pie in the sky because I'm so literal that I'm like, no, what exactly did you do? What report exactly did you run? What button did you click? What? Because I'm a rabbit holer, so I really want to know. <laughs> and then I'll I'll just obsess over it. So it's nice when you can kind of get those same personality types in a room and be like, this is exactly what I do. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. Um, if anybody watching wants to hear more about Nicolette Matthew, definitely go check out the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast episode 76 you were on. I guess it was almost a year ago. Um, but yeah, you guys had a great conversation, kind of dove more into the the personal history of uh, Nicolette and kind of how uh, she got to where she's at today with uh, Atrium 24 and consulting. So uh, great journey. I've enjoyed watching it over the past 12 years, however long it's been. <laughs> yeah, think so. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to it. I know you got a lot going on. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you soon. All right. Very good. Thanks so much, Will. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Scripts presented by the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our channel by liking, subscribing, and clicking the notification bell so that you'll be notified anytime we post new content. To stay up to date with all of the latest independent pharmacy news and content, follow Pioneer RX on your preferred social media platform.